Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast, and welcome to the very first episode where I am married. I am officially a wife. At the time of recording, I have been married for, uh, I think, less than 36 hours, and I just wanted to take this episode to sort of share our wedding story and kind of capture these emotions in the first few days, definitely still riding on a bit of a high from the whole wedding weekend. Uh, feeling very tired still. <laughs> the exhaustion is real. Um, the post-wedding blues haven't quite set in yet. Um, I'm sure I'm going to do an episode about that. And I'm going to do lots of other episodes about the wedding, uh, kind of breaking down like favorite moments, things I wish we had done differently, things I wish I knew, things that went wrong, um, my planned budget versus my actual budget, all those sort of things. So this podcast is not going anywhere yet. Um, I'm at 80 some episodes and I'd like to hit 100 might even convince my now husband to jump on the podcast with me and do a bit of an interview episode. Um, but for today's episode, I just wanted to sort of share our wedding story. This is going to be pretty off the cuff. Um, I don't really have any notes, so we might be going in a few different directions. I'll try to keep it chronological. And I realize this might not be the most uh, helpful episode in terms of planning, in terms of advice and things like that. But uh, I just wanted to share it and I thought it would be a nice um, story time if you're if you're looking to hear a wedding story and also like a nice memory for me, something that I can look back on. And um, if podcasts are still a thing 5, 10, 20 years from now, I can play this back and sort of remember our wedding day. So I'll jump in. So we decided to get married on a Sunday um, in September 
uh, here, I think I've shared before, we're in Vancouver, Canada. Um, so our whole wedding weekend kind of started on the Friday. That's when um, my dad and stepmom and siblings were coming in from Toronto, uh, where I'm originally from. And our first sort of big wedding event was having dinner with them on the Friday. And I just remember my husband, <laughs> I love saying it, my husband and I looking at each other just before dinner and being like, oh my God, this is real. Like this is happening. It had been this thing um, you know, all of these wedding events, they had been on the to-do list, on the calendar for months and months and months. We had been planning and it was just so surreal that it was, you know, it was finally happening. This was, this was for real. And it was so cool to start that celebration with my dad and my stepmom and my siblings. They haven't been out to see us in Vancouver uh, too often. Uh, I think the last time they were all here was six years ago. <laughs> um, so it was so cool to have them in the city and be able to spend time with them and go to our favorite restaurant. And I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, we had our wedding on the Sunday, Sunday uh, evening, and yet we managed to spend so much time with our out-of-town guests and really uh, pack in some quality time with them. So this is the first one. It was so nice just to have, you know, a really low-key dinner um, at our favorite restaurant in the neighborhood. My family totally loved the food. We could hang out, kind of gush, you know, what we were excited for, just catch up with them. It was awesome. Um, it was the probably worst rainstorm Vancouver has seen in a long time on Friday. And my poor sister showed up in like a tank top and flip flops. <laughs> so she had to run out and buy some more weather appropriate clothing. And we were super nervous because the original plan was to do an outdoor ceremony for our wedding on Sunday. So big rainstorm Friday was uh, pretty scary. I won't I won't spoil what uh, we ended up doing on Sunday. But suffice to say, we were very worried Friday. <laughs> so that was our first sort of wedding day wedding event. Um, I had taken off the Thursday and Friday from work and I do work from home. So this was just more me, um, you know, telling my clients that I wasn't going to be available. And that was really nice to have that time to sort of do any last minute prep to clean our apartment and pack everything up and things like that. That was great. So then Saturday morning, we wake up um, and it was super busy right from the get go. We had to pack up all of our stuff, our outfits and decor and uh, bags and things like that as we were going to be staying at a hotel the night before our wedding and the night of our wedding. And at the same time, my uh, mother-in-law and my, I guess, aunt-in-law <laughs> were going to be staying at our apartment. So we had to make sure everything was, you know, clean and ready to go for them. So we hauled everything over to our wedding venue, which was um, my great aunt's condo in a really cool part of the city. She's got this gorgeous penthouse condo, floor to ceiling windows, private rooftop that overlooks the whole city and the water. Just the the most beautiful space. Um, so that's where we uh, were holding our wedding. So we brought all of our stuff over there, met up with my mom, uh, my mother-in-law and aunt-in-law came over as well. And we just sort of did all of the last minute setup. So sort of arranging everything, um, you know, putting up photos and setting up our guest book and things like that. Um, we needed to decorate uh, some of the rental items that we had. We had rented some chairs as well as some floral stands. So we were setting those all up. Um, it was it was a busy morning. <laughs> it was very busy. We had sort of given ourselves from about nine o'clock to one o'clock to get all that done. Um, and towards the end, we probably could have used, you know, another half hour or an hour just to just to sort of cool things down a bit. It was a little bit chaotic. Uh, towards the end, we were rushing off to our next event. Um, but it was nice to be able to have that sort of ownership over the look and the feel of our wedding. Um, my mom surprised us. She had bought some extra decor items. And when we showed up to the space, she had set them up already. So it was like kind of magical to see everything all set up. You know, she had put out some like tool and twinkling lights and succulents and things like that. And it looked really pretty. Um, 
And I'll share some of the, the special items to us that we had set up. So instead of a traditional guest book, we printed out a giant uh, world map that had our name and our wedding date on it. And we're huge travelers. Um, so that was really cool to have that as our guest book. And we just had people sign all around, all around the world, really. Um, so that's something we're going to hang in our house. Um, other decor pieces we had done, uh, we brought over all of these frames from our house that we already had, and we had framed photos of everyone who was going to be at the wedding, um, all 21 of our guests. So photos of us with them over the years, as well as photos of other family members uh, who couldn't attend or who had passed on. And that really just gave it like that really homey feel. And I noticed a lot throughout the wedding, people heading over to the wall of photos and like, you know, pointing things out being like, oh my God, yeah, that's us from high school or, oh wow, who are these people and things like that. So I think that was a really uh, cool, personal, really personal decor element that we got to have, um, which I really loved. And we got to set up like the drinks and the food stations and things like that. So that was a ton of fun. Um, in the ceremony space, we set up all the chairs and I had written, done this like handwritten um, labels because we did assign people seats. Uh, it just ended up being easier with only 21 guests. It just made more sense for us to assign the seats to make sure, you know, our parents and siblings were in the front uh, two rows. And then we were also decorating um, some floral stands that we had rented. So I had bought some uh, eucalyptus, fake eucalyptus leaves and flowers. So we were decorating those. Um, so that was the morning, very busy. And then uh, my mom had sort of put together a little, we called it like a quasi uh, wedding shower, bridal shower thing. I basically just wanted to hang out with um, as many people as possible and definitely our out of town guests. So my mom arranged for us to all go get uh, manicures and pedicures together and then uh, to do happy hour. So we went for drinks and appetizers. So for Manny Petties, it was just uh, just the ladies. So it was me, my mom, my stepmom, my sister, my mother-in-law, my aunt-in-law, and uh, a good friend from Toronto. And it was just so cool to be able to sit, you know, next to some of my favorite women and, you know, get pampered, get our nails done, catch up. Uh, kind of surreal to be doing the whole thing in masks, looking back at the photos, you know, it's such a, such a memory of the time to be, <laughs> to be in masks for all our photos, but it's so nice, you know, get all our nails done, get pampered together. Um, I went ahead and got my, my initial and my husband's initial painted on my ring finger, which was, you know, so kind of cute and cheesy, but I love it. I love looking down and seeing that. Um, then we met up with the guys for happy hour. So all of the um, husbands, partners, brothers, dads joined us. And I think we were about 15 or so. Um, and that was super fun. Just, you know, having some sangria and beer and wings and calamari. And again, just hanging out super low key, um, a really cool way to just hang out with our people, uh, the day before our wedding. It was really exciting. There's this like, you know, buzz in the air and that was super fun. Um, and then that night, so this is our like wedding Eve, uh, my husband and I decided to have dinner, just the two of us. And we were calling it the last supper, uh, cause we think we're hilarious and we just treated ourselves. We went out for a nice fancy dinner, uh, nearby. It was pouring rain at this point. <laughs> so we just rushed over, uh, with umbrellas from the hotel and it was really nice. Um, we're not the type to go out for fancy meals very often. So this was like, you know, a treat for us. And it was just cool to have that moment together to really ground ourselves, you know, forgetting about anything we still needed to set up or to do, not having to entertain uh, any guests or anything like that. It was just the two of us, you know, we got to hold hands, talk about everything we were excited for, everything we were nervous about, um, you know, big moments the next day, that sort of thing. It was really nice. I really... 
Um, one of the things I'm really proud of us for is all the moments we found to be together during our wedding weekend. And I think if, um, if that's something you can do, if you can have a dinner together the night before, just the two of you, just to sort of breathe, relax into the moment, share that, you know, nervous excitement. I think that's a really cool thing to do. Um, that night we were staying together at the hotel. Uh, as you know, from the title of this podcast, we are not traditional. We had no problem, uh, sleeping together the night before waking up together. In fact, we got ready together. It was, uh, my husband who zipped me up into my dress. He had already seen it. No big deal. Um, but that night, uh, one cool thing as we were walking our dog, uh, for our final night walk, we ended up passing a frozen yogurt shop and it was the uh, same chain of frozen yogurt shops where we had had our first date. So I really felt like everything had come full circle to go from the place where we had had our first date all the way to our wedding day and be passing the exact same uh, frozen yogurt shop. We were pretty full at this point, so we didn't actually go in and get any frozen yogurt, but it was so cool to have that memory and just be reminded of how far we had come. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then Sunday was wedding day. Yay. So of course we both knew we weren't going to be sleeping uh, super well. I had trouble falling asleep and then my husband uh, ended up waking up way too early. So we definitely did not get a restful night's sleep, but we kind of assumed that would be the the case. Um, But the morning was still fairly relaxing. Uh, We went down to the uh, restaurant that was attached to our hotel for breakfast. And that was just really nice to start our morning again together, just the two of us just chilling, um, you know, sipping our coffee, eating our eggs. It was, it was really nice. I loved having that moment uh, together. Then we had a few more little errands to do. We wanted to clean up our hotel room. So when the photographer came, you know, we didn't have like clothing and crap all over the place. And then we did have to go pick up uh, some donuts that we ended up serving for dessert that night, um, which just, it was a small little task. You know, we had thought about asking someone else to do it, but it was super easy for my partner and I to do, and we could choose the donuts we wanted. Um, So that was super super simple. Uh, We grabbed lunch. We just had some tacos back in the hotel room. And then I was off to my hair and makeup appointment. I am horrible with uh, hair and makeup, not not a skill I possess. So I knew I definitely wanted to get my hair and makeup professionally done. And I ended up finding a salon that was literally like 30 seconds from our hotel room. And our hotel room is about a five minute walk from the venue. So everything was super close and nearby, which was awesome. Uh, It was really nice just to sit in that chair for I think, you know, an hour or two hours, however long it was, get pampered, uh, see the transformation. The hair and makeup looked amazing. Unfortunately, it didn't last. Uh, my hair is uh, is not great at being curled, so it looked super beautiful when I stood up from the chair. And about ten minutes after I got back to the hotel, all the curls had fallen. And you know, by the time 
the ceremony started, I pretty much had straight hair again, uh, but it still had like a nice wave to it. It looked pretty. It just, it just wasn't curly anymore. And then by the end of the night with all the, all the tears and, you know, things like that, apparently I was wiping my eyes incorrectly. My mom told me later I was supposed to dab instead of wipe. Uh, so there's a tip for you. Um, my eye makeup, like my fake eyelashes were like half falling off my face. So, uh, didn't quite last, but did look pretty for the beginnings. So that was nice. And, uh, that whole time, you know, the, the 90 minutes, 120 minutes that I was sitting in the chair getting glam, my, uh, poor, uh, husband was, you know, having to put out all of these fires. So we had my mother-in-law, uh, go and pick up our bouquet and boutonniere. We weren't doing a ton of florals. Um, just the fact our venue is so beautiful with the view, we didn't really need them. Um, and we did have the fake flowers hours already for the ceremony, but uh, we wanted to have, well, actually my mother-in-law really wanted us to have a bouquet and a boutonniere. Um, and I wasn't going to say no, because those are gorgeous. So uh, she, we had ordered some and she went to go pick them up for us. And the florist had a sign on the door that said, you know, closed, no deliveries, no pickups. The door was locked. So my mother-in-law was in a panic. She was like, oh my God, where am I going to get flowers with like an hour to go? Do I have to go to the grocery store and make my own arrangement? Uh, luckily the owner had just, uh, I think gone upstairs or something for a moment and they meant that they were closed to new deliveries and pickups, but ours because we had ordered months in advance was all good to go. So phew, fire put out there, our flowers, you know, made it. <laughs> um, so no problems there. But of course she called my husband in such a panic and he was in a panic, but it all got resolved. And then uh, my husband was actually picking up a last minute decor item, his brother. So my brother-in-law had gotten married the weekend before which is a whole nother uh, drama that we had that wedding out of town wedding to attend the week before ours. Um, and they were lending us a neon sign that they had uh, with their new uh, last name. So my husband's last name, which I'm actually not taking. I think I've shared this in a previous podcast. I'm not going to change my name. Um, just doesn't really feel uh, right to me personally to to lose my identity. I don't want to give up my last name. I really like it. And my last name is hyphenated. So um, I can't, I personally don't think it's a good option for me to hyphenate again and have a triple barrel last name. That's just too much of a mouthful. It's a lot of paperwork. Um, and I know there's all these creative ways of like, oh, you can move your last name to your middle name, but I also really like my middle name and where I'm from in, uh, in BC in Canada here, the only thing you can do easily is just to adopt your new spouse's last name. Um, anything else involves a ton of paperwork. You have to change your birth certificate. You have to like petition the court. It's just, it's a lot of work. So I'm not doing that. Uh, when we have kids, we will have to make a decision about what their last name is going to be. So we'll uh, cross that bridge when we get to it. But anyways, um, my brother-in-law brought down a sign with uh, my husband's last name on it that they had, you know, made for their wedding. And I, I have no problem with that. Like I, I wasn't like, oh my God, we can't have your last name you know, around the wedding. Totally fine. No problem. No problem. People calling me, you know, misses his last name. It's just not going to be uh, the name I introduced myself with. It's not going to be my legal name or anything like that or my social name. But if people call me by it, no problem. I'll answer. <laughs> uh, so he brought that sign to my husband to drop off at the condo where we were having our wedding. But unfortunately, I had the condo keys uh, and my husband didn't know where my hair and makeup was. I think if he knew it was literally across the street, he would have just popped over and grabbed the keys from me. Instead, he ended up having to go and try to get keys from the concierge. They gave him the wrong keys. He had to run around the outside of the building, just the whole thing. He had to do a lot of back and forth, up and down, getting the wrong keys, getting the right keys, returning them and all that. So it all ended up just being way more work than it needed to be. But like I said, I was uh, blissfully unaware of any of this, just sitting in my chair, getting my hair and makeup done. <laughs>
after that time really started to speed up. So I got back to the hotel. Uh, my partner was, you know, getting showered, getting, uh, getting all ready, doing his hair. And then our photographer showed up uh, and it was, it was go time. So we had actually only hired our photographer for, I think we did, uh, three hours. Um, but she ended up giving us a bonus hour because she loved the idea that we were getting ready together. I don't think she had ever photographed a wedding where the couple were getting ready together. Um, so she was like, Oh, I'd love to come early and take some photos of the two of you getting ready. And we said, sure, no problem. Um, so that was super fun. And she totally, you know, took over and directed us because we would not have (laughs) known what to do. Um, and I liked that. I think in hindsight, and I don't want to get too far into regrets and things like that, because I think that's a separate podcast episode. In hindsight, I wish we had had a little bit more of the um, say, I guess, in in what we wanted photographed and what we wanted to do. I would have maybe rather it had been the two of us getting ready, you know, authentically how we wanted to get ready. And then her just capturing the moments more documentary style. Um, I was a little thrown when she first walked in and was like, oh, where's your dress? You know, I want to hang it from the window and take a photo. And I want to take a photo of your bouquet, um, you know, with the with your ring right next to it and things like that. And and I get that those are like the posed pretty photos that people like. But those those aren't really photos that mean much to me. Um, and this is having not seen them. So maybe I'll see them and feel differently. Um, but I would have rather had and, and she still did capture all those moments of like, you know, my husband and I giggling as he tries to get the zipper up on my dress. Uh, I FaceTimed a friend of mine who wasn't able to make it to the wedding and I ended up wearing her veil on the wedding day. So she, she took photos of that. Just, you know, little moments like that, helping my husband do his cufflinks. Um, those were more important to me than having this perfectly posed, you know, the shoes next to the, the bouquet next to the ring. Like that doesn't mean as much to me, those really curated moments. I like the candid moments better. Um, but I think, I think we got a good mix. Uh, we, so we got all ready. Um, my husband put on, he got this gorgeous, like custom dark green suit. Um, luckily our photographer also used to be a florist. So she knew how to put on his boutonniere cause I had no idea. <laughs> so that was great. Um, we got our dog ready. We got a little bandana for her that said dog of honor. So you're we able to put that on her. Um, I got into my dress. It zipped. Whew. It was not, it was not comfortable. It was a tight zip, but it did zip, which was great. Uh, the veil was in, we had all of our jewelry and then we were all set to go. Um, so we headed out to do portraits around the neighborhood, uh, really cool neighborhood, lots of like gorgeous brick buildings, um, right by the water. Unfortunately, we didn't actually take any photos down by the water, by the Marina, which I think would have been cool. Um, but time just goes so quickly. Like we, I think we had, at least an hour of, you know, outdoor portrait time. And it's just the two of us and our dog. And still we only made it to, I think, three different locations and we were running late and yeah, we didn't take any shots down by the water, which I think would have been really cool, but that's okay. I'm sure our photos look amazing. Um, and we can always put our outfits back on and take more if we really want to, but I'm sure we'll save that for another life milestone. Um, and it was so fun to take the photos around the neighborhood. We had lots of people uh, wishing us well, congratulating us, people honking from their cars as they went by, um, big groups of people because there was a, a rugby game going on in our city at the same time. So we had big groups of people who, you know, were probably a little drunk, you know, yelling at us being like, you look great. We love your dog. Um, and the very last shot, there was actually a group of probably women in there, I would say like 40s or 50s. They were all dressed up for the rugby game because apparently um, for this 
rugby game, you're supposed to just put on like funny costumes. So they all had bright purple wigs on, hula skirts, funny sunglasses. And they were walking by and they kind of yelled out jokingly like, oh, do you need some bridesmaids? And I was a little bit frazzled at that point. We were kind of running late. Um, our guests were actually entering the venue at the same time. And just where we were taking photos, they could see us. And I didn't care if anyone saw us ahead of time, but it just sort of reminded me that like, oh crap, we're late. We, we need to get going. Um, so I didn't really want these ladies to come into our photo, but luckily my husband knew better and was like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, quick photo. Um, so they ran in and it was just so funny. And I haven't even seen this photo and I know it's going to be my favorite photo, but just the two of us, <laughs> you know, in our wedding clothes, standing there with a group of women in bright purple wigs and hula skirts. It's going to be such a hilarious photo. And I'm really glad that we got that moment and another wonderful memory from the day. Um, so then after all that, we finally headed into the condo and it was time to actually get this wedding going. So the big decision we had to make was where to have the ceremony. So our original plan was always to have the ceremony on the rooftop. Like that was sort of the reason we even picked to have the wedding at my great aunt's condo was because she has this gorgeous uh, private rooftop that, you know, views of the city and the water and it's just a giant space, you know, really, really gorgeous. So that had always been the plan. However, <laughs> we live in a city that gets a lot of rain. So we were a bit nervous and in the weeks and days and hours leading up to our wedding, we kept refreshing our weather apps. I had like three different weather websites on my phone that I would refresh. And I was putting up polls on my Instagram stories being like, what do you think? Should we do it? Should we not? Um, so on the Saturday before we had actually set up our ceremony indoors, just, it looked like it was going to be raining. We didn't want to take a chance. We figured let's just set it up indoors. If it does happen to be nice, you know, we'll move everything upstairs. So um, we had been, you know, all day in communication with my mom and, and some other people. And they were saying like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And we kept saying like, oh, it looks okay. You know, maybe we should risk it, but I don't know. I don't know. And then it was, you know, the moment of truth, we were probably half hour out from when the ceremony was supposed to start, uh, maybe even less than that. And we had, and we said, okay, you know what, let's do it. Let's move to the rooftop. It is nice out. It doesn't look like it's gonna, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't sunny, <laughs> but it wasn't raining. It was just, you know, overcast. And finally the weather was saying we were good for the next hour or so. Um, but my mom was really hesitant. She's like, really, you want to move it now? You know, we've got it all set up. It's going to take a while. How are we going to do this? And uh, my husband and I just looked at each other and we were like, you know what, you're right. It is too much. We've got less than half an hour to go until the ceremony is supposed to start. It's going to take way too long and way too many people to get all of the chairs and all the decor items um, up to the rooftop because there is actually a, a big staircase you have to, to, to go through. It's not just an elevator. So it's going to be too much work. And I really didn't want to spend the, you know, moments just before my ceremony sweating, carrying chairs, setting them up. It was going to be too much. So we compromised and we decided to keep the rooftop or keep the ceremony indoors where we had originally set it up and then move our uh, first dance, parent-child dance, and group photos to the rooftop. And it ended up working out so, so well. And I'm so glad we did it. Um, having the ceremony indoors was great because we could actually start on time. Uh, I think we were still probably like 10, 20 minutes late, <laughs> um, but uh, closer to on time. Our guests were able to stay warm because I know some people were not really dressed for an outdoor wedding. Uh, no one had to be, you know, sweaty and gross trying to move chairs. I think it worked out better for our live stream. We didn't have to compete with like wind or anything like that. We didn't have to worry. I'm sure the whole time if we had decided to do the rooftop ceremony, the whole time we would have been standing there like, oh my God, is it starting to spit? Do we have to run for cover? So 
Um, it just it just worked out really, really well. And I'm glad we were able to keep the ceremony where it was. And because we just had, you know, 21 guests, it was fine for us to be able to move locations a few times. And, and I think fun for our guests to see all those different spots. So we decided to keep the ceremony indoors um, in, a, in a separate condo from where the reception was going to be and not on the rooftop. So it was finally ceremony time, <laughs> um, a, little, a little later than we had planned, but we made it. So another thing that my husband and I are so, so glad we did is that we decided to start our ceremony together at the front. So we didn't do a processional. There was no, like, I wasn't given away. We didn't walk down the aisle, nothing like that. And this was so nice for us because it immediately created a really, um, not casual, but a really like comfortable, personal, intimate vibe. And we had our guests come up from the lobby in small groups. Uh, this was partially because, you know, not all 21 guests were going to fit in one elevator. <laughs> um, so we had them come up uh, in small groups and in order of where they would sit. So we were sort of seating, you know, front to back. And this also gave us a chance to greet each of our guests. So as each guest came up into the ceremony space, they got to see, you know, my partner and I standing at the front. And then we sort of beckoned them to the front to give us a hug. We got to thank them for coming. You know, they told us how excited they were, how good we looked. <laughs> and then they grabbed their seats. And that was honestly honestly one of my favorite parts of the day it was such a beautiful way to start our ceremony to be able to hug every single one of our guests have that moment with them you know show them to their seats and it didn't feel like we were performing or we were you know coming in late or anything like that because that's it's it's just how we started our wedding it was such a beautiful way to start this very important, meaningful part of the day to have it start with all of that love and all of our guests, you know, really in it with us. Um, it was great. And I'm so, so glad that that was something that we did. Um, and I'm so glad we had just the 21 guests and it was, you know, so intimate. It was our favorite people in the room, smiling up at us, you know, giving us big hugs, crying alongside us. Another thing we did was we actually swapped sides. So, uh, traditionally, I think the bride stands on the uh, left, right? I don't remember. So the bride stands on one side and all of her, her guests are behind her. And then the groom will stand on the other side. All of his guests are behind him. And we actually swapped. So I stood diagonally from my guests and my husband stood diagonally from his guests. And the awesome part about that is that, you know, out of my peripheral vision, I could see all of my guests. So the whole time, you know, if I wasn't staring at my husband or staring at the officiant, if I kind of looked a bit to the left, I could see my mom, my dad, my siblings, my uh, you know, my godparents, my great friends. And it was so nice to have them in my line of vision. And I think so nice for them to be able to stare at my face and, you know, not my butt. <laughs> um, so that's a little tip. If you haven't set up your ceremony yet, it's so cool to just swap. Uh, so you're standing diagonally from your side. Um, also, I know a lot of people do away with the whole sides thing. Like it's sort of sit wherever you want. But generally speaking, like your parents will sit on a certain side and your partner's parents will sit on another side. So being able to face your parents as opposed to being um, parallel with them is really cool. So just a little tip. Um, our ceremony went so, so well. We did a live stream. Um, there was a tiny little snafu right at the beginning. My husband had forgotten to turn down the volume. So we were getting like feedback from the laptop, uh, but he ran off quickly, quickly fixed it like half a second, came back. And he told me later that was actually a blessing in disguise because it told him that the live stream was working because we could actually hear, <laughs> hear the volume. Um, and we did end up watching our ceremony back the next morning and it worked out so well. Um, 
the, we just bought a little like $20, $30 mic on Amazon. I actually did a whole episode about live streaming your wedding. And I said in that episode, I would come back and re-record if anything went wrong. Happy to report everything went so smoothly. Uh, it was really great. You could totally hear us. You could hear both of us, even though it was just my partner wearing the little lapel mic. You could hear our officiant. It was perfect. Um, I'm so happy with our ceremony. 100% favorite part of the day, the whole ceremony experience, especially our vows. Um, we had an officiant who wrote a custom ceremony script for us. So she was telling our story of, you know, how we met, um, all the milestones of our relationship, what we love about one another, which just made it feel so personal. And she had a really great balance of being, you know, very like super eloquent, um, really wise, really like meaningful, reverent speaking as well as humorous. Like she was able to throw in some little jokes there. And because we had seen the script ahead of time, you know, we didn't have to worry of like, oh, she's going to say something we don't agree with. Um, But at the same time, even though we had seen it, the words felt so much more powerful and meaningful that day. And, you know, I hadn't memorized her words, so it was exciting to hear them again. We also wrote our own vows and I've done uh, a whole episode on vows and, you know, writing your own and different ways to do it. And I am so glad we wrote our own vows. We kept them a secret from one another and truly just, you know, one of the most um, special, (laughs) makes makes me teary now to think about it. One of the most special moments of my whole life was hearing the words that my husband had wrote for me and just being so in awe of of the words he chose and how much he loves me. <laughs> and of course, you know, I, I know he loves me so much and I love him so much, but just putting that into language and the moments from our relationship he decided to share and the, you know, the things he loves most about me and the promises he made just totally knocked me off my feet. And I, and I can't wait. We plan to, um, get our vows, you know, nicely typed out or handwritten or whatever and display them somewhere in our house. We can really remember that these are the promises of our marriage. This is the foundation of our relationship. You know, what we commit to remind ourselves of that very important moment on our special day. Um, And I I can't wait to see those vows over and over and over again. They were beautiful. Um, Everyone was crying. You know, my husband and I were crying. Our officiant was crying. All of our guests in the room were crying. It was so funny watching the live stream back. You can hear people doing the little like, <gasps> like the little sob noise. You can see people handing tissues around. And then every single person who watched the live stream uh, reached out to us and let us know like, oh my God, we were tearing up. We were choking up. Here's a photo of us crying. <laughs> like you totally got us. So that was so, um, so, so special for us to have those personal vows that we could not only share with each other and, you know, find so much meaning in them, but also share with our guests and they could really feel um, that deep, deep love we have for each other. So I'm a huge, huge fan of writing your own vows, your own personal vows and sharing them with each other. That was just the most, the most beautiful moment. Um, We exchanged rings and we had actually written uh, the little note that we wanted to say to each other when we exchanged rings. Uh, we had my dad and my stepmom hold the rings, which was like a nice way to get them involved. We sealed our marriage with a kiss. And as I've shared in the, um, I believe it's called How to Make Your Ceremony More Feminist, we were really careful. We didn't want to say, you may now kiss the bride. We didn't want to say, now pronounce you man and wife or anything like that. So our officiant said it beautifully. Um, she said, uh, I can't remember her exact words, but she said something like, um, you know, I now pronounce you married. You may seal your marriage with a kiss. And it was exactly how we wanted it. Uh, very, very true to our values. Um, and, and so fun. <laughs> so we kissed, you know, everyone cheered. Oh, we also did a community vow. So our officiant, um, you know, asked our guests if they support us and 
if they do to say we do everyone said we do and even on the live stream we had a little chat box going and people were typing in there we do we do (laughs) which was super cute uh we signed all our paperwork making it official we had um our moms be our witnesses so another way to sort of involve our people uh and that was it we were we were officially married um we actually had a live musician i haven't talked about him yet we had a musician who was playing uh during the ceremony Oh, not during the ceremony, but he was playing as people were getting seated and then he played as we signed. And then it was time to move everything up to the rooftop for, I guess, uh, phase two of the wedding. So after the ceremony, we took everyone up to the rooftop where we were going to do our first couple dances and some photos. The actual transition up to the rooftop was a little bit shaky um, just because it was such a last minute decision and change in plans. You know, it was tough to coordinate uh, everyone going up the elevators and some people needed to, you know, stop to use the bathroom or they, you know, got distracted and walked into a different space, but we made it. Everyone got up there. Um, and I think it was really nice for our guests. They arrived up at the rooftop first before my partner and I, I think it was really fun for them to be like, Oh my God, look at this view. How cool is this? You know, take some, take some photos and that sort of thing. Um, our photographer arranged it so that all of our guests were standing around us in a semicircle as we did our dances, which was just so special. And in the original plan, we were just going to do our dances in the same ceremony space. So it'd just be everyone sort of sitting in their chairs watching us. And it was really nice to have them uh, standing and literally surrounding us, you know, in love. Every time I looked off from my husband's face, I got to see all of our guests, you know, just beaming at us. It was really cool. Um, the dances, we actually weren't planning to do any dances at all. Um, again, like I said, it was an in-home wedding, 21 guests. So there certainly wasn't going to be like a dance floor or anything like that. And I kind of wanted to do a first dance. I had uh, been bugging my husband about it the whole time. I was like, it'd be, it'd be cool to do it. Like, you know, it's traditional, um, which I know we're not, but I, I just love the idea of having that moment together. And we had said, you know what, it's kind of silly to make people watch us dance. Like we're not great dancers. We'd just be playing a song on Spotify. Instead, when we get back to the hotel, we'll just have like a private first dance, just the two of us. We don't really need a picture of it or anything. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, but then at the very last minute, we ended up hiring a musician. And this was actually all thanks to my mother-in-law. She had heard this guy play at my brother-in-law's wedding the week before and loved him so much. She like hired him on the spot. <laughs> so with like, five days to go before our wedding, we were hiring a musician and we decided, okay, if we're going to have a musician, we might as well do a first dance and a parent child dance because, you know, we we have a live musician. We got to take advantage of that. So literally like the Wednesday before our Sunday wedding, we were um, on YouTube looking up first dance tutorial, trying to choose our songs. And it was just, (laughs) it was stressful. Um, but I'm so glad we did it. It really did work out nicely in the end. So we did a first day. Our first dance was to glad you exist by Dan and Shay. And this wasn't actually a song we had known beforehand. Um, but as we were researching our musician, he sent us like a song list. So a list of songs he already knows. And then he said he could learn one song for us. So looking at the song list, there wasn't any that we really liked for a parent child dance. We were like, okay, we're going to request, you know, a, a new song for the parent child dance. And we'll just pick something off this list for the first dance. Cause there was tons of like, you know, ro- romantic songs that would have worked. And we saw this one and he actually had a YouTube video of him uh, playing this song already. And we were like, Oh, perfect. Let's listen to it. Loved it. Beautiful sentiment. Sounded great. And, um, give it a listen if, if you're looking for a first dance song. I like it because it's a little bit more upbeat. 
Um, not, not that you're, you know, doing like a hip hop dance or anything like that. It's not like crazy upbeat, um, but it's a little bit more jaunty, uh, not so super slow. Cause I find sometimes first dance songs are a little bit like almost depressing. Like it's a very slow kind of somber sound, even if the words, uh, the lyrics are romantic, it, it can feel a little bit, you know, a bit of a downer almost. So I liked that this one was happy and upbeat and that's totally the vibe we wanted. And it was so nice having that YouTube video of our musician playing the song because then we could, you know, dance to it. We could actually practice, which was really fun. So that was our first dance. Uh, we told them to cut it at like 90 seconds because we are not dancers. And uh, the tutorial we learned was like a very basic four step. We tried to do a spin. I completely botched it. <laughs> uh, I told my partner, no dips, please do not. Uh, we're, we're not ready for that level yet. Um, of course, had we hired this guy, you know, months in advance, we probably would have tried to learn a little bit more, maybe even taken a dance class or something like that. But we hired him five days before the wedding. So we, we did what we had to do. <laughs> we then went into our parent-child dance. Um, again, we kept all our guests sort of semi-circled around us. And this was another one I, um, I really loved and was a really beautiful moment. And I think we planned it really well. We asked our musician to learn the song In Case You Don't Live Forever by Ben Platt, um, which I love so much. And so does my partner. It's a song I first heard probably about a year or so ago. Um, I remember listening to it during the pandemic and uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Ben Platt fan. Uh, he's got a Netflix concert special, which is just amazing. Um, I remember hearing the song and being like, oh, this is so beautiful. You know, if, if we ever happen to do a parent child dance, I would love to do it to this song. Um, it's so meaningful. You know, he wrote it for his, his dad and his grandma and it's just the, the absolute most beautiful sentiment. And when we did send it to our parents, um, you know, they all wrote back saying, oh, you got us in tears. Like the song is perfect. So um, our musician did an amazing job. He learned the song again, five days to go. <laughs> learn this song and we had him like cut it at a certain point because again we're not dancers and we wanted to do it um in a way that would honor all of our parents and where we could dance with all of them and not just the traditional father daughter mother son um, because for us we have you know my dad my mom my stepmom and then my husband has his mom unfortunately his dad has passed away so we have three moms and a dad <laughs> which sounds like the start of a bad joke um and we didn't want to leave anyone out um that didn't seem that didn't seem right to us. So the way we did it was we started the dance. I was with my dad, my husband was with his mom, and then about halfway through, I switched and went to grab my mom. My partner went to grab my stepmom, and then my dad and his mom joined up. And then another like you know twenty seconds or so, my partner and I switched. So then I was with my stepmom and he was with my mom. So we kind of got to dance with everyone, and we did it all in you know probably two minutes of a song. Um, and it was, it was so beautiful. And I could tell our guests really liked that as well. Like you could see on their faces, they're like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. You know, and I, and I love that we got to have, you know, even if it was short, a little moment with each of our parents and really make that uh, very special and involve all of them and, and not force, you know, my mom or my stepmom just to watch because traditionally they're not part of those moments. So that was really important to me. After that, we did uh, group photos up on the rooftop, which again was just amazing. I think it was probably uh, that golden hour, though, again, very overcast day. So I don't know how golden it was. Um, but we did group photos and we had photos with different uh, groupings of family and friends. My sister was a complete champ. We gave her a list of photos and she got people organized and, you know, dismissed them after their photos were done. And, and that was awesome. Until finally, it was just me and my husband and our photographer had one last shot for us. She pulled out a champagne bottle and she really wanted to get that shot of, you know, the champagne, um, 
pop the, the cork popping <laughs> the cork popping out of the bottle and the champagne going everywhere um it didn't quite work out we didn't get that big uh dramatic spray however my husband did get a face full of champagne <laughs> it sort of like ricocheted back at him um i hid behind my, my bouquet so i was totally protected thank god because you know i had my hair and makeup still sort of intact at that point um but he was all sticky and gross and had to go like <laughs> wash off his face and hair um, but it was so fun and that was, uh, that was really awesome. So then after the rooftop, we headed, uh, back downstairs to the reception, which was in, you know, in full swing, which is awesome. It was so fun to see everyone there. We started things off with a thank you speech. And I know traditionally, actually traditionally, it's just the groom who does the thank you speech. Um, of course we weren't having that. We both wanted to say thank you. And traditionally it's done at the end of the night, you know, the, the bride and groom or the couple usually speaks last, but we really wanted to do it uh, right at the beginning, just so we could sort of like get all of our to-do list done. <laughs> like we didn't have to, um, you know, worry about, oh, we still have one more thing we have to do. We could just like relax and enjoy. So we started off the reception um, with our thank you speech and just, you know, a little short speech, uh, sort of thanking everyone for coming, thanking all of our vendors, thanking our parents, recognizing, you know, people who couldn't be there. And then after that, we sort of opened it up to dinner um, and again, this is another uh, favorite part for us. We got to serve all of our favorite foods. And the only way we were able to do this was because we had the wedding at, you know, a private home. We weren't committed to any caterers or anything like that. And because we only had 21 guests. So we didn't have to do, um, again, a big caterer who was feeding hundreds or anything like that. It was so awesome. We ordered pizza from a great Italian place just downstairs. We ordered sushi from my favorite sushi restaurant. We got these amazing chicken skewers that like people loved. They were gone right right away. Um, and then my mom made these little like caprese salad skewers just so we could have some vegetables as well. Uh, we stocked the fridge. We had wine. We had cider. We had beer. We had juice. My mom made this cute little... Um, rum punch thing called it takes two to mango which was super cute i helped her come up with that <laughs> um and it was great like people people loved it people kept raving about our food they came up and like oh my god where's this from that was so tasty that was so good um and it was just so true to us like that is the food we love to eat so of course it's the food we wanted to serve at our wedding day no like chicken or beef no cold fish <laughs> options or whatever. It was just um, really good food, which we were super happy about and super happy that everyone else loved it too. And of course, there were tons of leftovers. So we've been eating that the last couple days and they've been delicious. <laughs> um, so the reception went well. I think my only um, sort of regret was just, I was so tired by this point. It had already felt like such a long, exhausting day. So honestly, by the time we came down into the reception space, like I was wiped. And usually when I'm wiped, you know, I just kind of want to like be by myself and be quiet. I'm very much an introvert. So it was tough for me. And I do wish I had had a little bit more energy. I don't know if I should have like downed a Red Bull or something like that going into the reception. Um, I was talking later with my mom and I was like, oh, it would have been awesome to do like the ceremony on Saturday, gone home, slept, and then come back for, this, for the reception on Sunday. Of course, that's not really possible. Um, but it is a very long day. So watch your energy levels. See if there's anything you can do um, to, to take a break or to up your energy. I wish I had done something um, because there are moments of the reception where I could feel myself like, oh, I just kind of want to sit down, be in this corner by myself or with one or two others. And I wish I had been a little bit more outgoing and extroverted. Um, I still did talk with everyone. And again, that's something 
um, was that was really important to us. We wanted that small group of people, just you know, twenty of our favorite uh, humans, all in one room. So I got to have a conversation with every single person at my wedding. I got to hang out with them. I got to hug them. I got to enjoy the day with them, um, and not just you know breeze by their table, do a quick cheers, and move on. So that was super important to us, and I'm really glad we had that uh, experience. As dinner was winding down, we then uh, moved into speeches. Uh, my sister was great. Again, she took over the MC role and introduced all the speeches. Um, and they were beautiful. And they had me crying. <laughs> uh, we didn't stream these, but we did film them. So I, I've got memories of them. So my mom sort of started it off. And she shared some really beautiful stories, um, not just from my childhood, but also about, you know, meeting Colin and meeting Colin's family and just, you know, um, how much we all mean to her and uh, just talking about everyone's character, which was really nice. And then my dad really got me. Uh, he told, I think, three little snippets of, he was calling them, you know, daddy-daughter moments. And the very first one was how he uh, used to sing, I'm leaving on a jet plane. Um, that song, he used to sing that to me every time before he'd go on a business trip. And he actually sang it in his speech. And I completely broke down. Like I'm sure the um, recording, you can't even hear him anymore because I'm just sobbing right next to the camera. Um, it was so beautiful. And he always, my dad's always been the, you know, the emotional one, the more heart, you know, pull on the heartstrings. Um, and everyone came up to us after the speech and was like, oh my God, I totally lost it. Like, how could you not cry when this <laughs> grown man is singing to his daughter? So that was, oh, that was beautiful. And then my husband had a couple people on his side stand up and speak, some really close family friends, his aunt and uncle, his mom, and they all just shared um, really beautiful sentiments, you know, nice words about us, wise words about marriage, uh, how proud they were of Colin, and uh, just really sweet things about saying, you know, how they knew I was the one and, and, and things like that, how much we compliment one another. And it was so nice. Um, definitely, I know there's uh, a complaint about, oh, speeches are too long or speeches are boring. Um, I think ours were okay. I think altogether looking at the recordings it was probably like 15 minutes of speeches 20 minutes and that includes like you know transitions in between and laughter and stopping for drinks and things like that so maybe it was a little long but again it, we were such a small group there's 20 of us of the 20 um I think seven people were saying speeches so like almost half the group was part of giving the speeches and at that point everyone already had dinner we told everyone to you know grab a seat get a drink so I don't think it was too taxing I don't think there was anyone in the room who was like oh my god speeches were forever that was the worst um it was nice it was really really nice and then after speeches we got into dessert um which again was a huge hit we served uh donuts which we had just picked up that morning which people loved people were so into the donuts we served uh cake jars so those are like mini cakes in um tiny little mason jars and then we had a big uh fruit arrangement that my mom had got as well. And again, huge hit. People loved them. Uh, my sister-in-law ended up putting like four cake jars in her purse to take home. Uh, it was really fun. And again, we didn't want to do anything traditional. We definitely didn't want to have the traditional wedding cake. I didn't want anyone taking photos of like the two of us holding the knife. That's just like, ugh, just <laughs> makes me cringe, not into it. So the cake jars and the donuts and the fruit arrangement totally, totally worked for us. Um, and then it was just, you know, hanging out with everyone. We, um, you know, lots of photos were taken. Uh, some people got a little silly. A bottle of vodka was, was brought out. <laughs> um, people headed back up to the roof to take photos of, you know, the city all lit up at night, which was super cool. Uh, a game of King's Cup started. Um, which was fun to watch. I didn't play, but just, you know, fun to watch everyone in the corner playing that game. Uh, drinks were spilled on the floor. I think my mom was getting a bit nervous about that. Uh, lots of hugs, lots of, you know, people catching up with each other. I loved seeing 
you know, out of the corner of my eye, someone from my family talking to someone from Colin's family and like seeing that bond. That's like really the the coolest part of a wedding, seeing, you know, my godmother talking with Colin's um, aunt and, you know, bonding together and getting messages from both of them the next day about how much they liked meeting one another. Like that's, that's the cool part, seeing the families really come together. Um, and yeah, people just, people loved it. It was so nice. Like I'm sure no one was going to come up to us and be like, Hey, this wedding sucked. Um, but quite a few times people came up to us and said, Oh my God, this was, this was amazing. Um, my husband's mom kept saying like, Oh, this exceeded my expectations. And and at one point we had to laugh and say, okay, how bad did you think it was going to (laughs) be? Um, but loved it. And people kept telling us, you know, Oh, this is so you too. Like it's so personal. It's so intimate. Um, saying, you know, it's, it's so elegant and yet still really personal and comfortable. Um, people telling us that, oh man, this is how weddings should be. Like, this is so fun. And that's, that's exactly what we wanted for our guests. We wanted them to feel really comfortable, but still it to be, you know, a bit of an elevated event. It's not just a birthday party or like a barbecue or something like that. It is a wedding. Um, people were great. People dressed up, you know, they wore suits and dresses like we wanted, even though it was just at a home. Um, and yeah, it was just, oh, it was so lovely. And we were so exhausted by the end, but uh, it was totally worth it. So we did a little bit of cleaning. Um, We did want to make sure the rentals were all ready to go because they were going to get picked up the next morning. So we wanted to make sure we took off all our decor and, you know, had those ready. Then we grabbed some food and headed back to the hotel. Um, And again, so lucky that was just a five minute walk away. (laughs) Very easy. Uh, And it was perfect. I sat in bed. Uh, finally with my dress off, I could eat. So I sat in bed and ate some leftover sushi just with my fingers, um, you know, eating it out of the box. And my husband opened our wedding cards and he read all the sentiments to me. And it was just like the most lovely, content, happy feeling. So exhausted, so tired, feet in so much pain. Um, I didn't even wear heels and my feet were aching. Um, but it's just so, so nice to go, to go to bed with all of those like lovely, warm, happy feelings wrapped all around you. Um, and then the next day we, uh, you know, packed up out of the hotel. We got to have breakfast together again, which was so nice. Um, you know, breakfast with my husband, it was really cool. Um, my husband kept like hitting his ring against the coffee cup, which was so fun to like, oh, he's wearing his ring. It was very cool. Uh, We headed back to the condo to sort of pack up any things we needed right away. We went back to our house, dropped off all the stuff, dropped off our dog, and then we had lunch with all of our parents. And we just wanted to treat them to lunch to say, thank you so much for everything you've done, you know, for us, everything you did to make the wedding yesterday happen. And we wanted to spend a little bit more time with my Toronto family as they were going to fly out that night. So we hung out with them down at the beach and walked around the park a little bit, Uh, came back home, had about an hour to relax, which in hindsight, we probably needed like three or four hours. (laughs) And then we were off to dinner with uh, some other good friends who had flown out from Toronto for the wedding. And we wanted to spend some more time with them, which again, you know, we were exhausted, but I'm so, so glad that we fit in all of these uh, meals and happy hours and manic petties and beach hangs and things like that with our guests. It just made the wedding feel feel so much longer because it does just like everyone says it does go by in the blink of an eye so it was so nice to have those moments together where um we could elongate the wedding the celebration and just hang out with our people um for so much longer especially the out-of-town people that was really nice and then you know the rest of the week 
um, or it's not, I can't even speak to the rest of the week because it's only been a few days. Uh, Some getting back to real life, you know, doing laundry, getting groceries, uh, vacuuming, (laughs) walking the dog, that sort of thing. But also still just riding on that high, you know, putting up all of our cards, um, opening new, you know, cards and presents we were getting, eating some of the leftover food. Uh, My godparents are, at the time of the recording, they're still here in Vancouver. So hanging out with them for a few more meals. Um, yeah, it's just exciting. It's so fun still sort of being on this high, looking at photos, seeing the cards, looking at our rings, calling each other husband and wife. Um, it's so fun. And I'm, ugh, I mean, of course, I'm so glad we did this. And I have a few things like, oh, of course, you know, I might have done that a little different, but really no big regrets. The day went off. Um, so amazing. There are so many really meaningful, intimate moments for us. Our guests had an amazing time. We had an amazing time. The live stream worked. The whole wedding weekend was just, you know, exactly what we wanted it to be. And of course, now we are just so thrilled to be married, um, to be husband and wife. So thank you. If you did listen to this episode, I know it is probably my lengthiest one. This is what happens when I don't have notes. I just ramble. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this and, um, you know, for wishing us well on our wedding, for being part of this whole wedding planning journey with me. That is, you know, that is the point of the podcast. It was my place to vent and to share and to um, talk too much about wedding planning. And I will still be here. I want to hit 100 episodes. I do have tons of post-wedding episode ideas and a few more things I want to share. So the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast is not going anywhere yet. And uh, if you are still in the throes of wedding planning, I wish you all the best. And I hope you have just as magical a time as we did. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and a review, follow along so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the show. Remember, you shouldn't be spending your wedding day managing other people's feelings. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.